0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is your host, Nico. And Urban, and this is Shining Spotlight, the stream where we highlight creatives in the industry in order to inspire you guys. This is basically, well, this is obviously the holiday season, so happy holidays starting off to everybody as well. Oh, and yeah. this is also our season finale of season three. So of course, we have to go ahead and we have to end this on a strong note for all of you guys and you know, do something a little bit different today t- uh, as well. So today we have an amazing industry pro from the gaming end of things. At the helm of romance games such as um, Scything uh, Time and uh, Sonium 11, the goal of her team is to bring better romance anime games to everyone. Today we welcome the great CEO of Nochi Studios, Natalie Fang. Thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you for having me. Super excited to (laughs) chat with you all.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, there's so much we want to talk about, of course, about like Somnium 11, you know, um, sifting uh, time, you know, like the whole nine yards. Because, I mean, what you guys have been putting out has been great. But, you know, I'll let, um, you know, Nico go ahead and, you know, kind of, you know, take over from here and what he, what question he wants to ask you. Sure.
2: Natalie, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, So, let's let's roll into it. Uh, All right. First and foremost, I guess guess tell the audience a bit about uh, Somnium 11. Somnium 11, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, we're making romance games, um, as mentioned earlier, and Somnium 11 is sort of our first title into more of a different type of romance game. So, we don't want to make something that's traditional that everyone's seen from Asia, because let's be real it's like south korea china and japan that's leading the market right so we want to do something different and like since we're u.s based we're michigan based we want to do something indie something unique and have that twist so somnium 11 is a setting where it's sort of an isekai imagitech kind of vibe to it and you're in this world called strata this empire strata and you're playing through and trying to figure out like why are you here and you realize you're ending up as a competitor and there's some kind of reality show to become the next emperor of strata. So while you're playing, there are certain things that you have to do, like sort of exploring the world. So we build a ton of information for the world building and meeting a lot of characters. And then there's romanceable characters, right? Because it's a romance game. So eventually while you're going through these competitions, you eventually will be able to romance your character. So we have things in there, like social media, you'll get DMS from characters um, and then all these like, places that you can visit to see like who's hanging out where in the empire so we hope that people will really like that interactivity of it we really think that it's something different that people haven't played before um so we're really excited to publish it we're currently in closed beta so not quite ready for launch but we're hoping either end of the year or in january
2: okay and uh so okay there was a lot there because (laughs) I you you know that you're trying to do some differences and i know in the when it comes to the uh to the to kind of the, the, date, the dating game market, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, China, the, China does have basically like a big, uh, a, a big presence there. You know, yeah. this is even in the form of. Uh, and, you, know, you know, this is actually a big part of a lot of our histories, those of us who who, uh, who play with waifus and stuff in video yeah. games. Yep. We're talking about, like, you know, some of the popular titles today is, like, Genshin Impact, Azura Lane. Oh, love it. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the other one? Ark Knights?
1: Yeah. They're all great titles, gotcha mm-hmm. games. They're addicting, right? And, like, they do it great. So it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, what makes it – how can we be a little bit different, right? Like, where mm-hmm. – not this chinese tencent back you know game studio like we are u.s based and like what do we what can we bring to u.s players that they're looking for in particular you're actually Um, in our back of our home woods which i like that (laughs) yes we're in ann arbor so it's super exciting and it's great because like we love that aspect of game development so we do go to cons and we try to talk to people like when we are at these cons we ask them hey come to our booth sit down spend an hour with us or however long you want because you know people are going everywhere at cons all these sort of panels but we want to see, like, what, how do they like the game? How are they reacting? We ask them questions, like, who do you like? What do you like about this kind of features, things like that? So we love being able to talk to players because we are players ourselves. So we want to develop a game that we would want to play, but also just wanting to make sure that this is something that everyone else wants to play, too. Oh,
2: okay. uh, yeah. I, and I also noticed because um, I was looking at your, at the trailer on the on the Kickstarter page. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if you're if you're fine with uh with us throwing it up uh yeah uh, go share, for it. a moment yeah just so just so the audience can uh can take a look at this
0: oh yeah you know like honestly like I have to ask this you know while Nico's pulling this up like are you guys by any chance and I probably say this too much at this point but anytime I see anybody who's into like romance stuff especially if it's like more anime based I have oh. to ask are you a fan of Nana?
1: Yeah, Nana is so good. I think Nana's that one series that, like, anyone who's, like, a follower of it, you're always, like, when is the next manga coming out? Yes. It, are we ever going to get back to Nana? Like, what happens next? So, yes, love her works. I actually really love the mangaka's work prior to Nana, like, Paradise Kiss, too, so I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of her.
0: I'm, I'm I'm honestly, like, one day we're going to have to do a segment, like, where is not Ayazawa? Like, yes. I'm gonna, yes. like it's going to be a whole investigation.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we have this pulled up now. Let's see yep. here. i will go ahead and I'm going to play it real quick. Can you full screen it? Because it's kind of small. I'm not sure how much people can hear this, but it looks very nice. I'm like, when I saw this, I was super hyped. You know, I'm like, I definitely had to make sure to put into this when when it was live. So.
1: Thank you, yeah. you know, the marketing is a huge thing about like, you know, all these creative works is how do you make sure that it resonates with people. So it's always a challenge, but we we strive for it.
0: Yeah, just the visuals, like I can tell, you know, like in terms of the concepts and everything that, you know, the, um, that the artists uh, came up with, you know they definitely put a lot into it and you know, they feel original.
1: Yeah, yeah, we love our artist team. They're so great. And it's really, it's a collaborative process right because it's I mean again we're not like a big studio so most big studios they work with a huge team and they just like put out you know here are the requirements here's what we need to pump out this week for us we want to make sure that like it's a holistic experience they know like what we're going for are from beginning to end they're not just like a small piece in the like a small cog in the whole you know mechanical wheel or whatever like we really want to make sure that people sort of understand the vision from like beginning to end so we're really happy with our team.
0: Oh yeah
2: so, and, and, um, one of the things I, I'm sorry, I was just choking over here, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I like about it is, um, is that I, I, I don't know if, uh, if that was intentional, the, uh, kind of the hyper futuristic kind of like, uh, atmosphere that's, that's going on in the trailer. It's a really good showing of the, of the, times. Cause, uh, just like the, uh, some of the aforementioned games we, uh, we mentioned before, uh, it's a really good showing of our generation where we like, like to do these uh, these great beats, the glitch effects, uh, some of the hyper-digital stuff. And, uh, you know, for me personally, kind of brings me back to uh, a lot of stuff like in Pokemon, we were dealing with like miss, uh, Missing <laughs> No and stuff
1: yes. like that. Messing around
0: <laughs> with just
2: breaking the game.
1: Yep. Yep. No, that's oh. Great.
0: I just want to be clear, just so people know, like the video that we just saw was of uh, Somnium 11 specifically, so that wasn't um, sifting time. Cause I don't, I don't think, I don't know if anybody said that, but I just want to make sure yeah. everybody knows that. So.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, I think the it's a very different concept from our first game. Our first game was like actually reality based where it was, mm-hmm. we did a ton of research because the first game is about like a culinary boarding school. So like we did so much research in terms of like culinary practices business practices like food economics things like that so we really wanted to do something different so this sort of magitech world to give that like alternate reality feel that's powered by technology and magic at the same time and so it's great to hear that you like you got that vibe a little bit from like the trailer because it's it's that's one of the challenges like how do you bring that vibe of the world you're building right so that people can see it in just five to ten seconds and get a feel for it so
2: And uh, just so uh, we show folks what these uh, look like again, these are these are the relevant, uh, pretty much the, the main cast of the uh, Somnium 11 here.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: from, from what I understand, uh, there's going to be, uh, it, from, from what I saw in your the Kickstarter, there potentially is going to be other NPC characters in, the, in design depending on the goal, goals, Matt, or have y'all met that goal?
1: Yeah, so <laughs> we did have to cut some characters out. Um, so we met our base funding goal. Originally, we wanted this cast to be huge, and we wanted, like, 18 characters, 20-plus characters, mm-hmm. um, but since we only hit our base goal, we did have to cut it down, so we still have our four romanceable characters, which are the people that are being thrown on the screen, but there are a lot of NPCs, so we have a cast of, I want to say, 11 overall, including the four romanceable <laughs> And okay. so it's hopefully fun for people, because as they're discovering this world and going to like, hey, I want to go to the spa today, or I want to go to the cafe in this world, like, who am I going to meet? Like, you don't just only want to meet the romanceable character, right? Because like, in real life, it's not just you and one other person. You're, it's right. like a community thing. So how can we build those interactions in this world as well? So the NPCs are fairly important.
0: Nico, did you, did you notice this? You know, between yeah, you know, I, already, Capricorn I already know. I that. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that is is because you know I'm a Libra. You know, Nico is a uh, Capricorn, so it's like we kind of consider each other rivals. So it's kind of like, oh, you know,
1: <laughs> 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 interesting. Yeah, I noticed
0: <laughs> that. I was like, it's it already we already <laughs>
1: there.
0: <clears throat> but yeah, so I mean, honestly, like you know, with in terms of like you know your process, you guys of course have been working on this for a while. You're still working on this. You mm-hmm. know, what does um. I guess what does a standard day look like in terms of like working on this particular project, specifically Somnium 11?
1: Yeah, oh man, it's tough. Every day is a little bit different. For us, we sort of look at things by weeks. So we do something called agile methodology, um, like a sprint process. So that's something that technically or tech companies do in the industry. So like, you know, Facebook, you know, Uber, anyone who develops apps typically are using this kind of process. So in the beginning of the week, we'll all sit down as a team and we'll figure out like, okay, how are we looking on the roadmap? What were our overall milestones that we want to hit? Then in that meeting, we'll like drill down even further. So we'll say, okay, we are on track for this milestone. What are like the small tickets that we need to accomplish to be able to hit that milestone? So that'll be the goal for the week. And then the rest of the week is really just managed by everyone. So we'll all like claim, hey, I'm going to be working on this to hit this milestone and everyone sort of manages on their own, like, okay, my what does my personal day look like, you know, from Thursday through Friday, like, after we have this meeting on Monday? So we sort of look at it meeting kind of chunks and really milestone-based and, like, roadmap-based. Okay. I don't know if that sort of answers the question.
0: No, no, it answers quite a bit, you know, because, I mean, we want to know all the intricacies on how it works. Because I think sometimes you'll have people, you know, think that, you know, like, designing a game or whatever, it's just like, oh, you know, you're just kind of... You know, just do this and you just kind of do that over there. And, you know, it it shouldn't take long at all to be able to put it together. And it's like, no, like there's a whole lot that goes into it. Of course, you know, you need to, you know, understand the inner workings of everything in order to be able to, you know, before you can even think about putting it out. You know, it's not just about like uh, coming up with a concept and throwing your idea out there. 100%
1: and I think that's why like these are super important because you might not think in the beginning of like all the details that needs to go into the game right but if we say like hey you know in the beginning we said like in two months after we were were successful on Kickstarter we said in two months we want to have our minimal viable product so that meant it was a prototype that we can show to people that we have play testers use so that was like our milestone and then from there we broke it down into pieces right because it's It's really daunting when you have a huge project. You're like, yeah, I want to release this big project, but you don't necessarily know everything that goes into it. So you have to build out like, that's why we build out these maps to figure out, okay, what are our milestones on a monthly, bi-monthly basis? From there, let's break it down by weeks. You know, in these meetings, we'll hash out everything that needs to go in. What do we need from sound? What do we need from visual? What do we need from script writing? All this other stuff, programming, et cetera. And then we all come together on those Mondays to hash out, okay, what did we accomplish last week? What do we need to accomplish this week?
0: So with putting out like sifting um, time, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously you guys have experience with actually having a game out there live. People are playing it, you know, they're into it. Like, is it more of a challenge to develop a game, you know, and go through the development process or is it more of a challenge to maintain one?
1: That's already out. Yeah, so sifting time is actually a little bit different for us. So we are a startup in the sense that like, you know, we're we're doing this and we're hoping that we'll be successful and we can make this a sustainable studio that we can keep pumping games, right? So the first game concept of Sifting Time, it was actually very different. We did it more of a traditional visual novel format. So you think like Steins Gate, you think Fate Stay Night, all these like long titles, you're sitting down for hours, you're reading blocks of text, right? And you're choosing answer choices. That's what it was. Like those play great on PC, on console, But like you guys mentioned earlier, like these new game formats that China's come out with, like Arknights and Genshin, they're not games that you sit down for like hours and days to read blocks of text, right? Like there's interactive pieces. They're they're technically not hyper casual, but they are casual. And so Sifting Time was actually very much old school. And this new game, Somni 11, is different. It is not as old school. We have these like little mini things in there. We have like weekly missions and stuff. Um, so it's a little bit hard to answer that question because we don't have to maintain sifting time as much because it's, it is just a traditional, hey, all the scripts were written, all the parts been written, it just needs to stay out there. If someone reports a bug, we'll review, is this something that like we have to hit mission critical because we're just a team of four? And so in order to stay on track with Somnium, there's some things that we're like, this bug, we'll probably have to let it slide versus like, okay, no, this is mission critical, we're going to have to deal with it. Um, We dealt with all the mission-critical ones like a month after the game fully completed. And so now we actually don't have to do maintenance. Now, if you ask me this question when we have our third game, that's going to be something very different because, yes, we will probably have to maintain Somnium, right? Like we have to think about, okay, how do we keep players engaged? Because people on mobile platforms now, they want to see new content, fresh content, that they love it. So if Somnium 11 does well, we have a whole plethora of stuff planned out um like i mentioned earlier we built this whole world right and so we have like lore that we haven't hit upon yet we have other characters that we're like we would love to introduce these other characters but we also have to see like how well does it perform before we start watching all the stuff like you know the monthly free content the monthly dlcs etc um so that would be a very different question if you were to ask me like next year
2: (laughs) right and uh I guess I guess uh, what the, because like, I'm really curious about your scripting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I because I checked out uh, I checked out some gameplay of uh, of, of Sifting time,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, and I and I actually got some chuckles out of the uh, the dialogue for a lot of the characters. But I was really I was really really curious, uh, especially for the audience here. Like, what was that like behind the scenes with uh, like the idea for the game, going to the scripting process?
1: Yeah, uh, and what, what
2: kind of fun jokes were thrown around? Because I, I noticed you were there. And I'm and I'm yeah.
0: curious before before you answer that question, is like your uh, partner, like uh, Alexandria, is she the main one that kind of um, does like the scripting, or is it um is it like all of you guys that kind of contribute to that?
1: Yeah, so this is again, it's a little bit different depending on the title. So if we look at title needs, and we figure out how do we want the format is, and then we start assigning roles and like who's going to own like the bigger chunks of certain um pieces and ownership and responsibilities of a project. So for Sifting Time in in particular, um, I came up with the storyboarding and I came up with like the characters, things like that. And then Alexandra wrote the scripts. So like the words that you're reading, she wrote the scripts. And then we go through a table read process. So on a monthly basis, when Sifting Time was in development, every month we would sit down as a team, we would read everything, we'd give our feedback, we would edit. So everyone would be there for editing process. Um, I would be there to do the final edits. So there's a lot of like, it, it's like writing a book, right? You go through so many drafts of a book and then eventually you cut chunks out and then it becomes the final product or you add new things in because maybe something changed from the like overall vision as you're going throughout the process. So. This game, Sifting Time, was released on a monthly basis, so we did have to rework some of the storyboarding quite a bit on a month-to-month basis based off of feedback that we were seeing, what was happening in the environment. So when COVID hit, for an example, we felt as a team like, hey, we really want to do a chapter about how COVID impacts the food restaurant industry. So I think it was around Chapter (laughs) 5 or Chapter 6, we had like a Korean barbecue-related chapter, so like people can see like, this is what happened to some of these – restaurants and they have to figure out the logistics for carry out all these things right so things like that like that sometimes they throw things off like the storyboard right the original intention but it gave us that fluidity which is nice now the process for somnium is completely different for somnium it's constant writing um for sifting time it was very much like we have four routes so sometimes for the chapters we would have four versions of the chapters, right because you have each of the romanceable characters for sifting time But for somnium because it's so interactive we can't really plan for that and so we actually when we say a script it's like a file in the game and we would upload the file into the game right and we would edit we would do the programming for all that when we say files for somnium we're looking at 200 plus scripts for somnium for all these character interactions and then we have all the social media stuff which is like another 120 plus social media scripts So it's a very different process compared to sifting Time because that's, again, more traditional. You're sitting down for chunks and hours of a day to read through, like, a book in a playable game format, right? Versus Sonium is so interactive. So when you're thinking of, like, Genshin or Arknights, you're reading like shorter lines, like a few lines and then it's gameplay and then a few lines in the gameplay, right? So that's mm. that's the biggest difference between the two. And then for Samium, we would have to divide that out again. So Alexandra's the main script writer. She will write all, most of the content and like the deep root stuff, the cut scenes, all the important okay. character interactions. And then we'll divvy up like, hey, who wants to be this character writing all their social media stuff? Because we want some of that authenticity because everyone a different voice on social media right or like different habits like some people don't use spell check or like use tons of smileys things like that so we'll assign characters to people on the team be like okay you're gonna be this character and you are forever writing all of their social media stuff all the scripts for that um and then we'll just edit each other's work again so we're constantly making sure that like you know there's a second eye on it making sure that it fits in the overall vision that there isn't like some piece that we miss that won't make sense in the future lore for an example (laughs)
2: oh gosh Uh, yeah i can already think of just how vast it would be with like something like discord alone
1: oh Discord uh, is amazing like can you imagine not being able to do this without you know current technology nowadays like we've had to work from home too right because of covid so like how do you manage these kinds of files without all the current you know systems and (laughs) programs are out there like discord like we're able to drop files easily and you know we have a ton of channels and we need those channels to like try to keep things organized. So, but yes, thank God we're in the 21st century. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, and I'm because I'm thinking I'm even thinking about it. Uh, with the uh, with the team here, you guys started off as. Uh, as a two-person team, and with the with the, with the traditional visual uh, no, uh novel format and shifting time, right, and
1: yeah, um, so we've definitely grown, and we've also had team member changes too. I think it's just one of those things where, um, in the beginning, this company first started it was myself. Is I was really interested in this genre, right? Like being a user, I was really tired of having games that were poorly translated from Asia, or like this is really sketchy, but like. I would have fan translated games and play them on my DS, right? With me, you know, trying to download it on, oh play emulators, all that stuff, right? So there's an issue where you don't have mm-hmm. enough content out there. And so that's why I was really interested in the gaming industry, because it's like, okay, well, you know, anime's booming in the US, like, you know, nineties it started to grow and then two thousands, it like and the past few years because of COVID, it's completely skyrocketed. Um, and so I think with oh, that, yeah. like a lot of things have changed too with the company like with nochi itself it started off as like a passion project and then it became a startup where we actually got investments and things like that. And so as the company evolves the team also evolves because, you know, it it takes a certain people want to work like this is a job right and so people have certain visions of how they want their job to be and it's also difficult you know now in COVID too because it's like some people really like working in person and like how do you do that online so our, our team has definitely evolved given the business changes too and also the changes with anime in the industry and gaming in the industry so like we went from you know two females to like all female team to like some males on the team etc and it's I think at the end of the day it's always about the vision like we know what kind of games we want to wa- want to make and so who wants to be on board and who wants to you know be a part of this like hey we're gonna be scrappy and try to make this indie romance thing that's so different from other people that people all- want to play so that's sort of yeah the startup life i guess <laughs> I,
0: and uh so like did anybody like like when you guys first started out like I guess, was anybody else already involved in like, like you know, like maybe like on their own, like kind of doing that venture themselves or did this just all happen when you guys kind of like collectively came together? Like who was all like, like the genesis of it?
1: Yeah, so the very origin was actually myself and my sister. Um, so she went to the Rhode Island School of Design. So classic designer, right? UI designer, she designs apps and stuff. And she also, you know, loves painting and anime and stuff like that versus I had the business background I've worked in retail industry, so I've like done a lot of like product development things in my career, um, I worked with big brands. So with our combined talents, we thought, okay, let's try this and then we'll build out a team. Visions change. I think when you hear startup stories, you always hear about like, do you work with family members or do you not work with family members? So we went through that as well. We decided, you know what? It doesn't make sense. Emily wanted my sister. She wanted to go work for bigger corporations, which is totally fine. Like. That is totally fine. But it is hard to juggle, you know, corporate job versus and a startup at the same time and having, like, different visions. Um, so Emily actually left, decided to leave the company. But she does help us out. So, like, if she has free time, she'll help us out in freelances every once in a while. So she did some of the original concept design work for Somnium 11. Um, mm. So... And then the others on the team, we slowly worked our way up. And so I would go to anime conventions. I would meet a lot of people and try to sell this idea of like, hey, like, I am really interested in creating this game. And like, here's 15 time. Here's the concept stuff. Are you guys interested? And that's how I found Alexandra. So we were looking, I was looking to build out a team to like make this work. Right. And Alexandra saw our job posting and she you know we had several applicants but she was amazing we loved what she was working on and i think at the end of the day it's again about that vision and we all share this vision of there are some great games out there but there's not enough good games and like we want to create our own great game and have a different twist to it and so really building out the rest of the team was related to that and really looking for people who also believe in that who also believe in like what we're doing and wants to be a part of this um So yeah, I would say like then Alexander came and then we slowly built out the rest of the team one by one. And most of the other team members, um, we are pretty plugged into the Ann Arbor community. Um, And so for an example, there's a great game development program there. And we're pretty close with the studio or like we know people at the studio and so we'll like go see what the students are making and then like sometimes you see a student group that's creating a killer game you're like you are amazing can we add like we would love to bring you on board um so a lot of it is also just like being plugged into the community and try to help each other out and there's a lot of great <laughs> studios in Michigan so we try to like keep an eye out for each other and say like hey how are you guys doing or you know if there's talent we send them their way they send people our way things like that
0: yeah, and, uh, you know, going I'm back to... I'm pretty sure you, when you guys show up, they're probably like, Senpai noticed me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we actually have, like, a quote about that in our game, too. It's like that Senpai noticed me thing is so huge. And, yeah, this community, I feel like.
2: Okay. Uh, There's, like, connection issues on, uh, on Erbra's in. But uh, kind of going back to it, you uh you, you meant and you mentioned it before with the uh with the team and everything that uh i obviously with the first game there was uh it was more visual novel based so there was uh so obviously there was a lot more uh it was a lot more lenient than what you're trying to do now with some with uh somnium uh 11. yeah the so, not. so now i'm like okay you got a bigger team now so obviously that, that makes it far more convenient for working on such a <laughs> complex game especially with so many interact interactions and scripts and uh and everything that would have you with it so how's uh, coming out of coming out of like the the grinding the working from the background how's like the the, the promotion aspect of it right it how you, how you like? I see you get the, you get the Kickstarter out there, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and it looks like you look like you're getting a lot uh mad feedback because I mean you met the goal or the pledge goal and uh you know uh and as far as the the prior game you obviously got the fan base from there they've been receiving it well I'm assuming so.
1: Yeah, so that was one great thing that we're super thankful for um, is our community, existing community, right, from Sifting Time. And so we did have people who backed the game in Sifting Time who were returning backers for Kickstarter. And we also had people who are fans of Sifting Time who have come along with the ride for us, with us, right, for Samyam. Um, So from a promotional activity standpoint, it is very different between the two because now we, as you mentioned, like we do have an existing fan base that we can get feedback from, right? Versus Siffing Time, we didn't have that feedback avenue. And so it was like us going out and hunting people down at an anime convention, be like, please play this game and like, let us know what you think. We still do that because we still want new people coming out and testing our game out um, for Somnium. But because we have these existing users, it is a lot easier to get feedback. Um, so we are in that process right now. We're in closed beta testing. We've been in closed beta since like it, it's staggered because Apple does things differently than Google. And so I would say we've been in closed beta for like about two weeks for both programs. Um, once we're done with closed beta, we're doing an user interviews. So we're constantly interviewing people, like whoever is willing to donate us their time. And like we try to incentivize people too. Um, so we'll ask backers for feedback and we'll jump on calls with them. We'll also meet people in person at these cons, right? And give them the prototypes and let them play. And then once we get people's feedback we review everything as a team and think like okay are we seeing consistent things that people don't like or they do like or they're asking for let's change things up in the game before it goes out so far most of the feedback has been pretty standard it's mostly been bugs technical issues and nothing like really game breaking which is great um so nothing that like we've had to really redesign things we've had to like add small things to make things more clear right to make sure it's not confusing um or You know, it's something different when you, it makes sense to us because we've been working on it for one plus year, right? But we don't always make, like, we wanna make sure it makes sense for everyone else. Um, So after closed beta, then we'll go through a soft launch. Um, Admittedly, the holidays are really hard. It's a hard time because you're competing with, you know, retail and everyone's busy for the holidays. And there's just so much noise on social media. Um, so the next step for us is we'll we'll submit it for Apple and Google to start doing their final reviews. That is like a up in the air process. We pray to God that like we can get it approved quickly. That's,
2: that's what I was it, waiting for.
1: It it could be up in the air. Like when we did it for stitching time, it was like a two-week plus process for Apple to approve things because they found a lot of issues where like things wasn't up to code for them. And so we will have to wait to see how that goes through Somnium 11 once we're done with closed beta. Um, But after it gets approved from them, we'll have a soft launch. And that's really, you know, for everyone in the public to play. Um, At that point, we'll see how things go. And like, if, you know, feedback is still the same as what we've gotten closed beta. And then we'll hopefully roll it out to a bunch of, you know, as many people as we can. We're going to go to a few conventions again this upcoming year. Um, Luckily, like there's been a, I think, COVID's been hard for everyone, right? But, like, now that everyone's gone through one year of it, like, people know, or conventions have their religious school planning planned out. So it's really great that we'll be able to be out there in person, again to, like, start giving this game out to people and giving, like, people special codes. Because, like, if you come visit us at a convention, like, we want to thank them for their time to stop by. And so we'll have little, like, tokens of appreciation for them for the game. Um, So, yeah, that's sort of the plan right now is just get Closed Beta through. Do a soft launch and then we'll work it out to the public. Um, and we have great partners, we have people that we love talking to in the community. So, we have like bloggers, um, some influencers that we love talking to because we just they always have great opinions, right? And like great content. And so, you know, it's always really humbling for us to be able to like get their feedback because they play so many games and they have a great community. Um, so that's also like part of the plans for that soft launch. Okay
2: let's take it back to the to the game itself all right so uh, a lot of one one of the things I noticed about it especially uh when, it, it, when we're talking about coming from sitting time into this um uh, you you and remember you saying in the beginning of this that you were trying to you're trying to stand out with it that you're trying to basically do uh different things to stand out from the typical the just traditional uh visual novels but not only that a lot of other dating games out there um one of the, some of the differences I noticed on my end. not sure if that was if that's part of the the plan or whatnot, but I, I noticed that you, you did some some of the differences were one with the the, the protagonists being uh, seen seemingly to be either on the perspective of a uh, of a female protagonist or you could have a male protagonist, but obviously the uh, the romance characters are well in, in sifting time they were all male characters so that promoted a bit of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And um, you now, and the other difference I noticed was that some of the uh, some of the aspects of the game seem to promote education in uh, the culinary field, specifically with uh, <laughs> certain topics like uh, like with the with the protein a, a, a certain uh, yeah of uh, certain items. I mean, you want to expand on on that part? Thank you, you, know, you for
1: noticing <laughs> that. Like means so much to our team. Like, it's really important for us that you know it's interesting because like romance games and i'm so guilty of it i have like series that i like because it's just things that you're expecting out of a good like shonen you know series or shoujo series it hits all the notes right but is it unique nah it just hits all the notes so for us it was really important that we wanted to make it different that we're not only just hitting the notes but we're also trying to put in content that we want people to talk about so as you mentioned it's like the protein stuff i mentioned earlier like that COVID chapter right because like we want people to be able to meet up at conventions and like they can ask us these questions and we want to talk to people about these online too and so When we put out like the COVID chapter and talked about the alternative proteins, it was great because like people were telling us like their favorite food places, like people like Taco Bell and like they wish Taco Bell had like all these alternative other stuff, right? So it was like, it was really cool to connect with gamers on that level. For Somnium 11 in particular, um, it is a little bit more difficult because Sifting Time lends itself to education because I was in this culinary boarding school, right? So it's very easy to work that into the script. For Safety or for Sommium 11 in particular, we, when we started creating this concept, we thought about okay, what is the goal for this game? Not only did we have the themes that we want to hit, which is like the Magitech level, you know, but we also thought about like what are the conversations that we want people to be having about this. So I mentioned earlier that social media plays a pretty big role in this game. Um, and that there's like 120 plus scripts right for social media, and all these characters are writing all their different, you know, tweets and their dms and this was important to us because now of all times especially during like during the quarantine time period social media played such a huge role in our lives and you see all these news too with like facebook now about like the health of social media and like how it impacts teenagers and all these other comments and like having fomo and like you know like imposter syndrome and so that to us was really important and we hope we did it somewhat justice of our views on these social issues or just like opening it so that we have social media in there so that people can talk about that and say like, oh, like, Somnium 11 has all these things. Like, that's sort of reflective of real life of like people wanting to make sure that they're putting out great content on their channels so that they get followers. So there's a follower system in our game. So people can gain followers or lose followers depending on what they're posting as the main character. Um, so that was our, our spin for Samyam was like thinking about, you know, imposter syndrome, about social media, and because it's a competition on a reality show, like, what does that mean too? Because I think, you know, we see all these things with reality TV and on Netflix now, but it's not always what it seems like, right? You always hear the behind the stories of like, what really did happen, like production wasn't as like, you know, positive rainbows and butterflies, but like, it was really bad behind the scenes and like workers were mistreated or, you know, things like that. Um, so I think the content itself, we're hoping that with our spin on this, it will, we hope that people will talk about it as well.
2: Understandable, understandable. And spinning off that actually, uh, for uh, let's say some Psalm 11 specifically, what was the Inspiration for this game because obviously, it, it. I think I did see it on your Kickstarter page. Uh, you, you kind of dived into uh, inspiration being the, the, the dual nature of social media and the commentary of, on uh, K pop and the K pop industry, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, hey, <laughs> yep, that's exactly like the whole themes that we want to explore again. Like the visuals, I, I mean, K pop is huge, right? And like we ourselves on the team are huge K pop fans too and so that also lends itself because that that was the reality so what's your favorite k-pop band? oh my gosh okay so recently it's been bts which i feel like is such a cop-out answer because they're so popular but they just have really great content in terms of they post so much like vlogs and stuff so that you feel like you can get to know the members right i think again social media is about building that community and building those relationships and so That's what we hope that this game is about is that people feel like they're building relationships with our characters, but there is a duality to that because sure, BTS is great and they have all these, you know, freedoms to do their own content, but you do have K-pop studios out there, agencies that are basically farm or factories just pumping out K-pop idols, right? And they don't (laughs) necessarily have the freedoms. And i think that's something that's super interesting to talk about too because like everyone sees this as a glamorous thing but how can we sort of we don't explicitly say anything about it in insomnia 11 but we did take inspiration from that in terms of that duality of social media again like what you see is not always what you get
2: okay interesting uh- that that's that's very interesting because I I do hear about uh, some of the K-pop bands uh, or at least some of the behind the scenes stories yeah. with with uh, how they're kind of locked into the deal for for uh, yes. for a certain period once they're into it and some of the baiting tactics that get them uh, get them into it to begin with and yeah it's like you know once you're once you're in you're you know there there's there's like certain standards to uphold up and uh, there are certain relations you can't have and like it. Uh, you know it's, it's, it's kind of a mere uh, strict image of like certain, certain things that happen in Hollywood
1: yeah 100 percent and again I think we see this every day-ish right like if you're a consumer if you're a consumer of this kind of content sometimes people just consume it but you don't really think about like what goes into like what the productions like your show for an example like people don't always know what goes on behind the scenes but like here's sort of let's unveil it and let's talk about it. And that's what we, that was sort of our inspiration for Somnium was, okay, this is such a hot thing right now, but we ourselves, like, sure, no one on the team is, like, a K-pop star, right? But, like, we feel imposter syndrome. We feel that, like, social media is a different view of ourselves, like, it means it's curated, right? So, like, let's take it to the extreme and let's look at the K-pop industry, Hollywood, et cetera, put that sort of into Somnium 11 and explore that topic. Because even though, you know, players aren't K-pop idols, they can still feel the same feelings as those K-pop idols in terms of I feel like I have to post something on Instagram that makes me look good, that makes me, you know, feel popular amongst the community. Oh, yeah, people feel that a
0: lot. That is definitely true. (laughs) Right,
1: right. So it's we want to make games that people feel connected to, that they can put themselves in the, you know, play in the characters' shoes in terms of, sure, I might not be a contestant trying to fight like, in real life, I'm not becoming an emperor, right? But I still have these feelings that all these other people, whether it's celebrities, you know, people in this game of strata are feeling because of this social media syndrome, imposter syndrome, whatever it is, that nowadays we have this whole alternate alternate persona.
0: So you basically, you're making sure that you guys are putting out content that people can actually feel, not just basically, you know, kind of just you know, like treat is just like, you know, any old type of thing, but something that they, you know, more or less can relate to.
1: That is the goal. That is the goal for almost all of our games. And that's what we say for like that romance genre, right? Like we want to redefine it. We want to make it meaningful that people are blown away by it when, but at the same time, it needs to be entertaining. So it's like a fine balance of how do you make sure it's entertaining and it's hitting all the sweet spots of what people want in a romance, right? Like I want, you know, spicy scenes. I want this kind of romance. But at the same time like i can afterwards be like mind blown like that was so cool like i think about video games that i love right like near automata like to this day one of my most favorite games These mind blown love like it. yeah mind blown because it like story was so amazing like shit, oh, yeah. gameplay was sick right music was sick right. but at the end of the day you remember it because you remember how you felt when you were playing it and the storyline and you're like holy crap, what is this? What is the meaning of
0: life? So many meaning? people yeah, don't understand kind of... the whole thing with, core, with characters, you know, how important yeah. characters are in stories. So it's like, you know, when you're bringing this up, it's like, yeah, all that, you know, that matters.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do have to ask, all right. um, I Obviously, we you know the inspiration of the game, we know the inner workings and whatnot, but are there any particular role models or influences uh that uh for you yourself
1: oh, and man. Your craft. um for me myself oh, that's hard um i mentioned near onomata so i'm a huge yoko taro fan i just i think he's brilliant in the sense of not only does he do great in terms of his craft but his his whole being is marketing it's it's fascinating he's a fascinating human being to study um but then i also just love watching a ton of like behind the scenes content with like game studios like that is like one of my favorite things is just you know learning like things like your show being able to hear from the creators themselves like like, how do they think about this like what can i do to like think differently in my day-to-day and like how can i consume things and analyze things to be different Mm -hmm. So, actually, recently, I, I'm a huge Genshin Impact player. Um, and oh, I, I
0: think make both of you guys.
1: <laughs> okay, yes. we can probably have long conversations about this. Yeah. Um, but oh, I actually you. love their YouTube channel because when oh, you yeah. watch some of the behind-the-scenes of yeah. how they make their music, I'm like, this is so fascinating. Like, It's something that you sort of have to train yourself to like think differently, right? To take inspiration from other things to not only just be inspired, but also have to analyze, which sometimes ruin things a little bit because then you're like, oh, I have to think about this from like a different angle instead of just pure consumption. But I think it is a good exercise and uh, watching that, kinds of, that kind of content and hearing interviews, reading articles online from, you know, these creators, I think it really helps to help me try to be a better content creator.
0: So... I'm curious, like, you guys, um, like, is there any, anywhere, like, where we can actually see the, like, do you guys ever go over your process, like, show step-by-step, like, your process? Because I saw your YouTube channel, but I didn't really see anything that maybe, like, showed, like, an in-depth, like, step play-by-play. Like, do you guys have anything out there like that, or?
1: Yeah, so, everything is sort of wrapped up right now with our Kickstarter backers, because we had a backer tier where um, people actually have direct access to us on a Discord channel, and so sometimes mm-hmm. we'll sit on the discord channel and we'll stream live what we're working on. Um, sometimes it can be boring because then they're just seeing us working on code or just like working on some art and stuff like that. And like people are busy, but we also do backer newsletters. So we try to, we try to be good about it and release monthly updates in terms of, Hey, this is where we're at in terms of progress. And then we'll share one piece of tidbit about the development process. So I mentioned, earlier the agile methodology right like doing the the roadmap and like the Monday meetings and so we'll show people like hey this is what a roadmap looks like for us like these are the tools that we use um so most of that content is for backers right now but we hope that one day that um we can share that with everyone else in the industry too and we'll probably release it uh once somnium 11 is out so Once the game is fully out, we'll start releasing like, hey, this is like sort of what happened behind the scenes. Because again, I think that's always super fascinating when you can sort of learn what the thought process is. And it just brings a different understanding of the content that you're consuming.
0: So if you guys had to have like someone, if you got to pick like a professional in the industry to work with you on another project, who would you guys actually pick? you know, and not counting, you know, anyone who worked on Near Automata, cause you already named
1: Near yeah, Automata. Yeah. So I'm
0: kinda curious, you know, like, like any other professional.
1: It's interesting cause I would answer this in two different ways, right? There's the dream where it's like, oh my God, it'd be so cool if we had unlimited money, we could work with this person. But then there's also like the realistic aspect because we are in a startup environment and so like we you know just got invested in last year so we have to think about okay how can we make sure that like we're still sustainable to like keep this running so if i was supposed to say the dream oh man <laughs> i would love to be able to like just pick someone from one of like the chinese companies like who would be willing to like come and like be on our team that would be amazing but like do that and would be so expensive and like you know how do you convince them to leave a huge studio to come to a tiny studio right from like if we were to be realistic there is so many great indie game doves out there and it's fascinating because most people do this as a passion project right and they're just a one-person team or a two-person team and you do have these crazy stories of people who are super successful like stardew valley right or under undertale and they become huge, but there are so many more people like that, but it's sometimes it's about luck. It's about luck, whether, you know, a huge streamer like streams your game and then you blow up or like someone notices you or just the community suddenly like rallies around you. Right. Like among us, for an example, that game was out for so long, but it just recently blew up. Right. Like it was out for like two to three years, but it just, it, everything worked out it was COVID all these things. Um, So, in a realistic sense i would pick someone from some of the indie games that like our team likes to play like i i do play some other indie games that i really love um and if people were interested to take that jump and it, it it can be a scary jump a lot of these people again do it as a passion project because they have a full-time job and they just you know work on it for four to five years and eventually release it right so i think for nochi we would love to like maybe reach out to one of them and say like hey would you ever consider you know taking the risk and go work in a startup like sure you might not have your cush corporate job but like you know it, it's again convincing people to be a part of that vision
0: oh, and, yeah, uh,
2: going back to the uh your inv- you said you were invested into i mm-hmm. do remember uh noting that uh one of the things with nochi in particular as a whole uh is that you said that uh or that you guys had noted that you guys were accepted into a uh, pretty much a uh, tech startup business program, such as like a yeah. uh, Desi Accelerator and yep. uh, the, the ZLT, Zell Lab for technologies.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I think that's, again, what I love about the Michigan community. It's again, state pride here. Um, I think Michigan, like they, we really wanna help each other and there's actually a great dev community in, um, in the state. And so we'll meet up on the weekends and we'll like, you know, check on each other, like talk about resources, talk about how everyone's doing. But in terms of like the investors, yeah, I think it's awesome. Like we were super lucky to be accepted into the Decide Accelerator. So it is like a tech startup program. What they do is accelerators will invest a certain amount of money in you as a business for, you know, shares or they'll do things like convertible notes, which is super fancy. It's like, debt that can become shares, etc. all these other things. But basically it's an investment and then they'll help you and they'll work with you and connect with you to people. And they want to accelerate your business so that your business is successful because they want to get money back on their investment. Right. So that's yeah, like an incubator. Yes, exactly. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we were part of that, um, which I think it really helps when you it's hard because like games, you can go the indie route, right? Or you can go startup route or you can go publisher route. And there, there isn't a right answer for all this. So, you know, as a founder or as a CEO, you really have to think about, okay, what kind of business do you want? Do you want to have this be a passion project and have full control? Or do you have to like start thinking about this from a financial perspective and like speak to other people because they like have put money to back your project, right? Um, So for us in particular, accelerators just made a lot of sense because it was also from the University of Michigan. So it was their accelerator, which gave us a little bit more control. Um, And we felt like it was super helpful because it got us plugged into the community because I think, again, like as any group or content creator, it's so important to be a part of community because you never know, like, one, you could – you never know when you want help, right? You – mentors are always great because it's – sometimes you don't want to just be in your own echo chamber and just getting feedback from someone else. Like, am I crazy? Does this make sense? Like, will people be interested in this? Like, you know, asking those questions can be super helpful. And then also just giving back too, right? Like we've gotten so much help and it's also important to help other gamers because if we want, you know, content creators to keep making stuff, we we have to help each other out. So that was really important for us to be plugged in through Decide Accelerator was because of that. And now, like, we know a lot of the other local studios, which is amazing.
2: folks, Michigan folks doing stuff. Uh
1: I know. It's amazing. (laughs)
0: Michigan has, has like, a wealth of riches in terms of, like, creatives. Like, I think a lot of people don't really know that you know I'm not just trying to like hype us all up you know I mean I really mean that like so if anybody's like "What are you
1: guys saying it's like I mean I'm just saying that you know people be sleeping on Michigan
0: that's all I'm saying but
1: yeah (laughs) there's like a great website especially for game devs um I know like the person who runs it but like you can google it and you can see there's like I don't remember how many people are on this database but it's a database of like all the studios that are in Michigan so it's it's not a small number right and like it it's pretty cool
0: Michigan has the creator of Thanos. I just want to say that for anybody <laughs> you watching, you know, there you go.
1: That's that's <laughs> yeah, we, the most you know, Jim Starlin
0: is from here, so I'm just throwing yes. it out there. But <laughs>
2: uh, uh,
0: uh,
2: any other questions before we get to the traditional stuff?
0: Well, we can go ahead and do it. I mean, I know I've had a little bit of lag on my end, so I just want to apologize in case you know I've been kind of choppy for anybody throughout this whole interview, or if I've been hard to understand. But yeah, we can roll into the questions.
2: All right. Natalie, do you have uh, any uh creative op- com- uh, like opponents or rivals, I should say?
1: Oh. You know, this is always interesting because in startup world, you always talk about competitors, right? When you want to pitch mm-hmm. to investors, they're always like who's your competitor? How are you going to beat them? But I think content creators are different because we aren't like sure you could consider as competitors, but I don't really consider it to be competition because it's like movies. It's a commodity where you're not just only going, like, going to watch a Marvel movie and never watch any other movie, you're going to watch like hundreds of movies throughout the year, right? You're going to Netflix binge all the stuff. And that's the same thing with games. Games aren't just a one time thing where like, I'm only ever going to play near or I'm only ever going to play Gungeon. No, I'm going to constantly be downloading new content. He's like, it's going to be I want something new. I want something fresh. I want like different things to consume and think about right. So I don't mean this to be a cop-out answer, but I don't really see it as competition. I feel like it's the thing where it's like partnership, oh. where you know, like, I would love to talk to other studios, and that's typically what we do. We'll, like, reach out to other studios and be like, hey, like, is there anything like, we can help you with? Um, and we'll, you know, give shout-outs to each other, um, because it's not, it's not you take a piece of the pie, it's let's grow the pie.
0: Let's grow the I pie. I like that. I like that, you know? <laughs> You're, you're a team player, you know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we know Nochi Studios is about to sit up here and knock out everybody in the competition. You know, it's like, no, you know, no.
1: <laughs> like, you know mean, we it's don't it's have to sweet. say it, we
0: just do, you know.
1: <laughs> well, it's like one of those things, again, like with, you know, indies especially or just like being local, like we really do need to support each other because when you're fighting... I, I, okay, I guess maybe you can say competition is Asian companies, right? Like Tencent. Tencent's a huge company. Like, how do you compete against Genshin Impact? But again, we're not trying to take away players away from Genshin Impact. We want players who play Genshin Impact to also play our game. So again, I think that's like the it's how you look at it. Is it is it truly competition or is it hey like you tend to you like this game? Let's keep talking. If you like this game, then you'll also like our game.
0: Oh, yeah, I like that, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, given, you know, what you're offering with it, it's even giving you another experience to relate to. So, mm-hmm,
1: you know, especially
0: mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the, given both of the games in terms of what they focus on, you know, one focusing on social media, one kind of focusing on the culinary end, you know, so you can kind of relate to it in different ways.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, should, shall we wrap it up with our famous question, Nico? Roll into it, folks. All right. Oh. So, it's your thing. Go ahead. Okay, what is your end game? Meaning, as a creative, you know you, you know, and your entity, you know, or it could even just be you separately. What is your end game creatively? How do you want? your career to be remembered once you're at the very end of your career. So many, many years from now when everything has kind of gone the way that you see it in your mind and your master plan. What does
1: that look like? Yeah. So I think for me personally, and like for Nochi as a vision as well, um, we say that we want our studio to be sustainable, right? And I would love to still be in charge of Nochi at that point and then maybe hand it off to someone at some point. But I think with content creating, it's, we want to create games sustainably. So that means you know, whether it's every year, every two to three years, but we will want to keep pumping out games with different titles, like cooking times, culinary base, family meals, social media base. We're not quite sure. We have ideas for the next few games, right? But we just want to. I think for me personally, that's like nochi. No has so to be sustainable. Eventually, hand it off to someone, right? Have it be like something that keeps going. For me personally, it'd be having a title that like everyone who plays romance games would know. So, like, for example, if you say near, we all knew it, right? It'd be amazing right. to have a game where it's like if someone says Somni Me 11 everyone knows what that is if you're into Otome games or into romance based games.
0: Okay. okay, okay. But what about you? Like what do you see your like at the end of your career like you being? You know, like, what do you what do you want for yourself?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's that. Like, Notch has been like being a founder is it if a company is your baby. <laughs> like, literally, my family life is like sort of non-existent. Sometimes my parents have to call me like, "Are you alive?" Like, I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> working on Notch." Like, don't worry about it. Um, so for me, I it, it sounds so cop-out-ish, but it is making sure that the company is sustainable so that I can at some point hand it off to someone and it's gonna keep going no matter what. Um, I like
0: that, I like that answer. Cause I mean, it it literally shows that basically like no cheese like your baby, essentially. I mean, you know, we all kind of-
1: Yep, it totally is. I'm a little bit older. I don't have a baby, so this is my baby. I also don't have pets, so this is my baby.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, we can all identify with that, you know? I mean, we definitely can relate. So, I mean, hearing that, you know, it's like anybody who's a creative knows how that feels, so...
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. We just want to see them be successful, right?
0: Yeah. you yeah. <laughs> So, before we wrap up here, I do want to know, what is the ne- is there another project outside of, like, Somnium that you guys have coming up, or what can we expect to see from you guys coming up?
1: Yeah, so we have done pitches in our studio so we have several pitches out there right now Uh, but we haven't decided on which pitch to invest in yet so it is up in the air Um, and it could be very we are hoping that we will launch the beginnings of another project or at least share some tidbits next year but we haven't nailed down on exactly what the game is in terms of like you know name and titles but we do have some concepts right now
0: Okay, okay. So you guys, like, will we be able to see those, like, on your social media accounts? Like, you know, you guys going to post that, like, maybe, like, around January or?
1: Yeah, so um, our goal is that Somnium will launch by December or January, pending Apple Google approving it, right? Um, If it does well, we would love to continue the world of Somnium. So we would continue releasing special content or additional content. And then while we're maintaining Somnium 11, we'll start, like, really digging into this third game. Um, so ideally, hopefully, by like maybe March, we would have inklings being posted out on social media.
0: Okay. 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 Now I'm, I'm, I'm honestly excited for it, to be honest with you. I'm really excited. You know, I definitely suggest that everyone check it out. Make sure you go ahead and download it, you know, once it is available. I'm going to hope that it is available by the end of this month, you know, if not, you know, obviously very beginning of next month. Yeah, we're all kicking off the year, you know, and joining, enjoying, uh, enjoying uh, Somnium 11. Um, but with that being said, um, I do want to say, you know, before we close out, you know, make sure you follow all the social media pages. Actually, can you say your social media pages? Cause we're going to post them down below, but just so everyone can hear, can you go ahead yeah. and say them out loud for us?
1: Yeah, definitely. So we are on Twitter at Nochi Studios. Also Instagram at Nochi Studios. Same with Tumblr at Nochi Studios. And then Facebook is actually Nochi Games.
0: Okay, okay, well that's a good uh, distinction right there because I'm not sure somebody's probably like, I don't see them, you know? It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. don't you
1: get Someone else took the handle for Facebook. Unfortunately, we've been like eyeing it and seeing like, will they ever they're not active either. So that's what's the frustrating thing is. Um, But maybe one day they will deactivate theirs and we can claim it. So I wonder
0: if like one day they're just gonna, I mean, I don't want to sound negative, but like, when Nochi's like super big, you're like, dang, I still kind of want that handle. And then somebody's just gonna walk up to your guys, like, you know, office and just be like, 2 million
1: yeah right that is a thing to like claim domain names So, yeah. we'll, we'll,
0: like we'll i've know. been waiting saving it for all this time i knew you guys were going to be something you know and i literally yeah. claimed it for this purpose <laughs> yeah, yeah you know so in any case you know thank you so much for coming on today before you guys leave i do want to say make sure you guys like this video and subscribe to the channel as well for more coming out of course, this is our, our season finale, season finale. but of course, we will be back later next year, so probably around like March. We'll announce when we're coming back with the next season, of course, but there's still going to be content on the channel. We're going to be having some roundtable discussions you know, with a bunch of different industry guests. You guys want to make sure you guys check that out. Some, you may even see some of the people that you've seen on the show before. Um, also, we will be also covering our new project that we're working on, Killbox. So you'll be seeing some of the progress that we're making on that manga, you know, that we've been working on for a while, and some of the other manga projects we have as well. So anyway, Nico, do you have anything to say?
2: Yes, uh, Natalie, any parting words for uh, anybody who is aspiring to be in your position or take the path that you have taken in, uh, in your career path?
1: Yeah, I would say find a community, definitely reach out to people. Like it never hurts to ask, you know, ask questions. Like, the worst anyone's going to say to you is, like, maybe they don't respond or say, like, hey, sorry, I'm too busy, or talk to this other person. You never know when you ask for connections where that can go. And even when you're trying for something asking for feedback, that can take you a long ways. Like, you never know where you can go with, like, the relationships that you build.
2: Ladies, gentlemen, guys, gals, these are those are unique pronouns. We'll catch you all
1: later. Thank you. See you guys later.